0: Listening to Unscripted, the film show. God, I'm walking here! I'm walking here! Here's Johnny.
1: <sighs> You're gonna need a bigger boat. I'll have what she's having. Wanna hear the most annoying sound in the world?
0: hello and welcome to unscripted the film show um i we prefaced the show if if you're listening to the show live then you'll have heard my name already uh i'm cecilia and lewis you are across from me
1: i am indeed yes uh
0: if you're listening to the the podcast you would have missed out on the simon and garfunkel song that was uh prior to this show but that's okay um i'm sure you all know it uh, I sure do. You I got it
1: growing up. you gotta, you got to mention the song titles. You can't
0: just. Simon and Garfunkel, Cecilia.
1: There you go. There you go. I mean, <laughs> you've, you've got a, a song that's uh, you know, named after you, which is very nice. It's I do. It's mean, kind of
0: cool. Is there a song called Lewis?
1: No, closest I got, I think it's called Louis Louis.
0: That's kind of close. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Yeah, why not? That, that's something. There's, it's not to be, you know, <laughs> snobbed out, is it? So, um, look, it. Tw- today is the 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 22nd if you're listening live and it's actually a big uh day for film releases although we spoke about a lot of these last week so uh there's the the united states uh versus billy holiday which is out, which we spoke about last week so you can always go back and uh, check out that episode uh the film mortal Kombat uh is out tonight but luckily we we we're speaking about that tonight Mm -hmm. uh, which is a good one uh and we're just weighing up whether or not to speak about a film called land which uh, is officially out next week, and and I was kind of uh, told to leave the review closer to the to the release date. But my only issue is if we do it next week, it's the date off release. So sometimes mm. it is nice to give people a bit of a opportunity to to get ready, you know, for the opening. So. I guess we'll, we'll decide a little bit later whether or not we do that. <laughs> um, well, what else did we review last week? I can't remember. Oh, The Dissident and The Six, six, minutes, six to minutes to Midnight. Mm-hmm. So there's so much out there to see. The opportunities are just endless. It's fantastic to see. I, I was sitting at the cinema last night and we actually had a very special screening of Mortal Kombat. We were privy to a uh, guest appearance by Simon McQuaid, the director of Mortal Kombat and Josh Lawson, who starred. In the film, I don't know if I'm supposed to mention character names for Mortal Kombat. Am I going to be spoiling things for fans?
1: No, I don't think so. I I think uh, like you know, people uh, you know know uh, the the characters are going to be in there. So, uh, so Josh Lawson's playing uh, Kano, who, Mm. like in in Mortal Kombat, if I'm not mistaken, like was a, a guy who had like a bit of metal on his face and a laser eye. Um, and so yeah, it was uh, it was a bit of a surprise because like I saw Josh um, in another movie earlier in the year. The long story short, yeah, um, and like I just never saw him as an action kind of guy, and but he he really pulled it off, and he was. Kind of, um, you know, the the comic relief in a Deadpool-y kind of way. Yes, uh, but yeah, I think he was definitely the MVP of this movie. Mm. Mm.
0: Yeah, so so it was great to get a little bit of a feel for the the director's kind of intentions with the film. I think that you know, anytime you have a um, you know iconic you know game. Being made into a film, there's always that risk. It's not going to translate very well. So it was nice to hear his intentions prior to seeing the film to see what he was actually aiming for with this. So that was really interesting. And yeah, Josh Lawson provided some insight into his character, which was which was good fun. So yeah, it's not uh, something we always get to do, unfortunately. Uh, you know, with a lot of these films, they are made over in Hollywood or over East, particularly. So we don't get to attend a lot of previews where the filmmakers and actors. Do attend, so it was a nice treat to have that happen.
1: Well, Simon uh, is actually a a Perth boy, so uh, that's I think that's part of the reason why he was, um, you know, had it here because I guess he was a bit of a homecoming for him. But he's not a uh, like not a person who's done a lot of directing because look at his IMDb, and um, the only two things listed there is uh, Mortal Kombat and The Nighttime Economy.
0: Which is interesting because Mortal Kombat is, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but they mentioned it was the biggest budget film uh, filmed in Adelaide yeah, yeah, that they've ever had. So to attach a director to a film of that uh, multitude, and that's not to say he's not a great director, but usually I would I would assume someone with a little bit more of uh, a filmography would be put in that position. It was produced by James Wan, who mm. obviously has been incredibly Successful. I wonder if they've had a relationship. uh, You know, they've worked together on something before, and maybe that's where it's come from. But um, you know, it's not the kind of question you want to ask a director. (laughs) Why did you get this job? Uh, You know, you haven't done a lot uh, before, so yeah, I didn't really want to kind of ask him. But it
1: is a darn good question because the only two, like, as the only credits he's got there, is the the nighttime economy, Mm. uh, which is. yeah, I've I've. It was made in twenty fourteen. No idea what uh, what it's about. There's no real um, synopsis for it. Uh, and then uh, he's listed as the director and producer of um, Mortal Kombat. So interesting, like to have such a, a big film for your your first uh, you know yeah. first time out. Very cool. Um, but yeah, so it was a, that was interesting uh, to have a Q&A before seeing the film as well um, because generally speaking, like, you do a Q&A and you go, what were you meaning by this? And, That's uh, true. You know, uh, was this a difficult scene to film? But because we hadn't seen the film, uh, you know, people were asking questions and then they had to be very vague about their <laughs> answers.
0: That was the only downside about it, wasn't it? Is they were yeah. very vague because what can you ask? And I think even the audience were a little bit confused by what to ask because they hadn't hadn't seen it, so they weren't able to really, you know, delve into those questions. Mm. But there were a few interesting questions and then a few really, um, I shouldn't be rude, but silly questions too. Yes, um, yes, because
1: it was directed by uh, Simon McQuaid. Uh, Is Quaid, Quaid McQuaid,
0: do you think? I think... McQuoid. I said yeah, McQuaid, McQuaid that yeah. sounds McQuaid um, Yeah,
1: Yes, so it was directed by Simon and so somebody uh asked a question uh before he asked anything to the actors. Did he say Simon says?
0: That I, I you no. know, I just went oh, <laughs> at that point. There was some laughter in the room, but uh and I I could see on Simon's face just this. He was like, That was a waste of a question. Yeah. <laughs> so people were laughing, but I don't think the director was very impressed with that question, unfortunately. So
1: he probably gets a lot though, he so he probably does. Yeah. He's probably
0: sick of it. So But that's what you get if you're gonna hold a Q and A prior to a film. There's there's gonna be less to kind of uh, talk about a poster. Although it's too late by the by the time you finish the film and then kind of talk about it after.
1: Yeah, yeah. But yeah, uh, we'll probably leave... ...we should leave it for a bit longer... (sighs) ...before you actually talk about the film itself.
0: I think, yeah, maybe we should make people wait... Um, and, and anticipate the the Mortal Kombat uh, film. Absolutely. Well, I mean, I I'm really bad. I haven't done a lot of research today. Usually, I like to jump on and see what's circulating the the web in terms of film uh, releases and film news. I'm certainly happy to do that on the spot today. Uh, is there anything that you've got to to discuss today? Uh,
1: on the not really the uh, the only thing I can think of is tomorrow. Tomorrow is the release of the final episode of Falcon and Winter Soldier on Disney+. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so this is the culmination of uh, the, the, the six episodes uh, of uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier, which is a continuation of the, the Marvel Cinematic Universe story where uh, Sam received the shield at the end of Endgame for because uh, obviously Steve Rogers, uh, he uh, went back in time and then lived his life with Peggy Carter. Mm. And... Then uh, he came back as an old man and uh, and bequeaths the shield to Sam and 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 with that the kind of role of Captain America, but in the TV show Sam, uh, in the first episode gives up the shield, and uh, then the U.S. government uh, you know gives up the shield to go into a museum to be like a, a permanent like you know a piece of the museum, but then the government takes the shield and then gives it to a. Uh, an American soldier called John Walker, mm. and he um, is not Steve Rogers, and he's not a good Captain America, and so yes, so we were about to to uh, watch the, the the final episode tomorrow night, and yeah, you know, there's all these questions about what we're going to see in this episode, and uh, yeah, I think it's going to be a big one, so. Uh, I'm uh, I'm pretty sure that uh, people who listen to this show are probably uh, up to date on uh, on Falconer Wood Soldier. So uh, yeah, it's a good uh, going to be a good start to the weekend, I think.
0: Fantastic, and it mm. is uh, if you are uh, in Australia listening. It's a long weekend. It is, uh, or a, or a bank holiday well, is a, is that what p- people it, call it over East uh, over in the US and in in the UK. In I the think, UK, yeah. it's called a bank holiday, and in the US, they just go by the name of the particular holiday i think i think so yeah yeah
1: Yeah. but the um it's weird though because it's not all of australia that gets the day off uh in lieu it's Ah. it's only us and some other states because we're
0: lazy and we
1: we demand a day off really just day, yeah would be would there'd be there'd be havoc if we didn't get a day off
0: (laughs) there really would be (laughs) havoc if we didn't get a day off um speaking of days off i was driving uh, into the the show and as i do i i'm a bit old school and i like to listen to the news instead of, you know, music and see what's happening out there in the world. And there was apparently a guy who in Italy who worked at a hospital had avoided work for 15 years but they still paid him. So they must have thought he was coming in somehow, doing his job and uh, but didn't rock up for 15 years. So I don't know the entire story behind it but um, maybe if I Google search guy who didn't go to work for 15 years. So
1: he was not going to work but still getting paid? Yeah. And they just assumed he was doing a job. That sounds like an awesome job. How do I get that job? Yeah,
0: so I think it must have been such a large hospital that, um, yeah, he he just managed to get by. So, yeah, a hospital employee in Italy has been accused of getting paid while never showing up to work for 15 years. So apparently he earned more than $835,000 after he allegedly stopped going to work uh, in 2005. The sixty-six-year-old man allegedly used threats to force fellow employees to turn a blind eye to the scheme and prevent his manager from pursuing disciplinary action. What? Whoa! How does that even happen? There's, there's so much more to that, you know. How do yeah. people turn a blind eye and, and things like that? But I, um, I think there's,
1: a, I think there's a movie in there.
0: Oh, yeah. so do I. Absolutely. I think that's that would make a fantastic film. Uh, let's copyright that now. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, it's interesting the, the news articles that you come across that could really be made into films. And so many of them do get made into films. Um, that would be uh, comedy or drama?
1: Uh, you'd have to make it a comedy. I mean, probably less threatening kind of kind yes. of stuff. Yeah. Um, but uh, it, it's kind of like a Ferris Bueller's day off, but just goes for 15 years.
0: <laughs> 15. Yeah, I want that job. That would be fantastic. Although, I wonder what he did for those 15 years. Was he, he couldn't have been at another job. Surely the tax, um, yeah. tax would pick that up. He must have just been out playing golf and just doing things. Well, but I
1: think they should just take it as he's had his retirement. Yeah. And, and so now they need to bring him into work until he dies.
0: That's
1: one way to do it. I think it's not it's fair. it's fair. He managed to enjoy his retirement when he's like fit and healthy and now he's 66 and old and decrepit. Not yeah. all 66-year-olds years are old, not all. Not sixty-six year olds are old and decrepit, but I'm just assuming this guy is. Um, that's time to get him to, to work, get him back in the hospital.
0: Why not? Yeah. Why not? Um, speaking of uh, films, the Spanish Film Festival spoke about it last week. Uh, but it is returning for its 21st year uh, and it kicks off April 28th, runs to May 16th. Visit SpanishFilmFestival.com for full program. There's 29 films. I was lucky enough to see Wishlist, which I spoke about last week and i um, hoping to see a few more of those as well but thought I might just mention it at the top of the show as well so people can get excited about the Spanish Film Festival because uh, it's just cool. Just cool, and also I ran out of things to uh, to talk about, so uh, I, I'm, I'm going through the news as we speak. Something I like to do beforehand, so we may end up having to talk about land tonight just to, to keep us going. What do you think?
1: No, no, we we, we can we can uh, we can muddle through. We've got uh, we've got past fifteen minutes of the show. So we've fifteen got-
0: minutes, um, but I think we'll probably spend the, the second half of the show probably uh, delving into Mortal Kombat. Uh, so that will be very interesting. Um, uh, although I did come across this news, "Fairly Odd Parents" live action reboot. Do you know the cartoon "Fairly Odd Parents"? Aren't they are
1: they fairies?
0: Yeah, yeah. And it, it's it's a fun little uh, Nickelodeon uh, cartoon which has been running for quite some time. I remember watching this when I was quite young. I think it ran from uh, sorry, it did run from two thousand and one through to uh, two thousand and six. Uh, but yeah, the fairly odd parents reboot so they're doing a live action one to begin filming at the end of june so i believe they tried to do one back in 2011 or did do one i don't think it was very good uh but this one might be a little bit better with what's that 12 or 10 years ago now so you know things have come a long way since then so they might be able to make something of this it was a very popular uh, kids TV show mm-hmm. so yeah it should be good uh, it's been rebooted by Paramount Pictures so uh, you know it could be good and it's actually going to portray Timmy the main character who has these godparents as a 23 year old uh, in fifth grade apparently attempting to maintain his childlike nature in order to keep his uh, fairy godparents around so yeah it's actually uh, earned three live-action films. Apologies, uh, all of which have used a mixture of CGI fairies with real human actors. So um,
1: there've been three fairy, fairy odd parents. Yeah, right. That's that's very strange.
0: Yeah. So I mean, I haven't heard of any. I just come across that then, but I remember watching it when I was a young youngin. So. Do you have a a show that you watched when you were younger that you would love to see remade (laughs) into something like this?
1: Um... I watch I watch a lot of shows as a, as a as a kid, um, but a lot of the animated shows I saw like really should stay as animated. Yes. Um, Batman the animated series, mm. uh, which kind of uh, played off the the '89 uh, Batman movies a little bit, mm-hmm. like they had a similar kind of feel to them. Uh, that was really awesome. And they actually I think they're re, they're doing some more Batman the animated series uh, soon, so um, that's pretty awesome. But it should should remain animated because like if you're trying to get that same aesthetic as a live action it just wouldn't work yes but they're doing a live action powerpuff girls um
0: uh, which is
1: I, I think it's a yeah it's a cw tv show um and they're but the the powerpuff girls are all all grown up uh and so yeah it's gonna be interesting see how that goes um the um the people that they've cast is uh, uh, Chloe Bennett from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Dove Cameron from the uh, from Descendants and Yana per- Perrault uh, from Jagged Little Pill. Mm. Um, so, yeah, they're going to be uh, in – it's written by Diablo Cody. What the heck?
0: Oh, it's going to be good
1: then. written by Diablo Cody and Heather Regnow and Maggie Kelly uh, based on the original Cartoon Network animated series created by Craig McCracken. Uh, so the, the Powerpuff Girls follows Blossom Bubbles and Buttercup, who used to be America's pint-sized superheroes. Mm-hmm. And now they're disillusioned 20-somethings who resent having lost their childhood to crime-fighting. Uh, <laughs> they, re- they will agree to reunite now that the world needs them more than ever.
0: Oh, that sounds awesome. Yeah. And, look, I have every, uh, every faith and confidence in Diablo Cody to bring us something edgy, I think, edgy. Is is what I'm looking for, but it sounds it sounds fun that they've kind of rebelled against, uh, you know, the, them being these cute little Powerpuff girls, and now they're kind of coming back together because they have to. So I quite like the sound of that. Uh, I will watch that.
1: Yeah, that's uh, mm. it's gonna be it's gonna be odd because I mean, it's so like, you know, the 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 animation like from back in the day of Powerpuff Girls, was so stylized. Mm. Like, I wonder if they're going to be able to do the big eye thing or anything like that or if it's just going to be more uh, straight down the line. But, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. I mean, from my, uh, like, cartoons and stuff like that as a kid, uh, I was of the era of, like, Ren and Stimpy and uh, Mm. – which was really kind of, you know, gross out kind of – more adult than we should have been watching at that stage (laughs) – but then uh, there's, like, uh, Transformers and He-Man and the Masters of the Universe, uh, which there's a new series of that coming out that Kevin Smith has been involved with. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, all the, um, the stuff as a, as a kid uh, is kind of being reworked today mm. anyway. So is there any, like, movies that you'd, you'd like to see redone or, re, uh, like, rebooted?
0: You know, I, I said a couple of years ago that I really wanted to see a new Rebecca film, and we had that this year or last year, and it was the one with um, Army Hammer and uh, Lily James, and it was done by Ben Wheatley, and I think I was quite disappointed with it. It just didn't have that gothic horror uh, element to it that the the novel did and the Hitchcock version did. So I'd love to see one of those done, but I think it's been done recently. Uh, I've always been a huge fan of Scooby-Doo and they have made the live action films mm. of those but, you know, it's questionable. They weren't terrible films but uh, I, I guess, you know, if you do a live action anything, you've got to be mindful that, you know, it, it's all live action. And but
1: that, that's the interesting thing is like, you know, they, whenever they do live action things, they kind of like trying to base things in the real world and Mm. and change things and like you know in the past with superhero movies they changed the costumes so the costumes would be far away from what the costumes are in the comics but then the Marvel Cinematic Universe came along and they do like um, realistic versions of the costumes but the costumes are still look like the comic book ones, even with the, the, the Scarlet Witch, like mm. even though in the movies her costume was nothing like in the comics, they've actually found a way to get her look to more of a comic accurate look. And uh, and so it's, it's it's pretty impressive. But you still find, um, you know, in other uh, mediums, even with uh, Mortal Kombat, which we're going to talk about shortly, like the costumes uh, in the, the movie were – kind of reminiscent of what you see in the game. Yeah. But they were not uh they didn't look exactly like the characters from the game. And I think they would have actually served them well to to make them look more like the, the game characters.
0: Hmm. Yeah. I think so too. Mm. Yeah. I agree. I think that's a really interesting point. Uh yeah,
1: because I know I know in the game that Sub Zero and Scorpion are pretty much just ninja outfits, and one's blue and one's yellow. Yeah, but they're kind of they're kind of cool looking, and yeah. uh, to to go and just go, okay, now we're going to put them in like all this metal-y kind of stuff, and it just it detracts a little bit from um, from what the character is. It
0: and does. Yeah,
1: and and so I, yeah, I I think um, you know. The things I want, I wanted sequels to the movies I really enjoyed. So, like Batman and Batman Returns, mm-hmm. I would, I would love to have seen that third Batman film with Michael Keaton in it.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but now we're actually going to get a chance to see Michael Keaton reprise his role as Batman in the Flash movie because he's going to be playing uh, Batman in that. <laughs> Excellent. So yeah, no, it's a it's 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 kind of cool. But um, Ghostbusters, I'm looking forward to a sequel to that, a direct mm. sequel, which is uh, is going to be cool. And um, Gremlins, I would love to see a a sequel to Gremlins as well. Yeah, a, a, yeah. a sequel to Gremlins too, I guess.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think anything kind of you know 80s 90s uh, could could go for a remake. I think that would mm. be fantastic. So I I'm it. just
1: so surprised they haven't remade Gremlins.
0: Yeah. Like, you would think... It's it w- such a easy one to do as well, I think. Yeah. And you could make it... You could either go two ways. You could make it like a comedy or you could make it really scary.
1: Oh, so. exactly, yeah.
0: Who knows? Well, I but, mean, um, that,
1: that the first one was kind of like a, a horror comedy. Yes, so. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I would love I'd love to, to redo a, a, a Gremlins movie. I think that would be awesome.
0: That would be mm. really cool. But uh the the Muppets creator Jim Henson is getting a Disney biopic, so that'll oh, be really? interesting to see a glimpse of uh his life on screen. So, yeah, I am um highlighting the life of Jim Henson it'll be titled Muppet Man Uh, it's in the works at Disney and uh, through the Jim Henson company so uh, yeah, while studying at the University of Maryland Henson created Sam and Friends, a five minute puppet comedy television show featuring the initial version of the beloved characters Kermit the Frog and then more than two decades following that uh, the Muppet show premiered on 1976 and has been a, uh, a popular hit since. It won four Primetime Emmys throughout its five-year run and only lasted five years, but the Muppets have remained prominent characters in pop culture uh, even after his death, Henson's death, and uh, they've spanned movies too, so... Um That'll be interesting to see see that. Doesn't so. say
1: who's playing him, what do you like? Oh, good
0: question. Mm. Good question. Oh, I can't see there. Uh, let's see. Oh, there's no word yet regarding who will play Henson in Muppet Man, but it's likely to assume that Muppets such as Kermit, Fuzzy Bear, Gonzo and Miss Piggy will be able to clear their schedules to play <laughs> younger versions of themselves. So It's
1: going to be Tom Hanks, isn't
0: it? Always, always well, so I was just thinking that because he obviously played uh, Fred Rogers in that film, mm-hmm. A Beautiful Day in the Neighbourhood. And I was thinking, I think Jim Henson was very similar uh, in n- nature. Uh, very kind mm. and soft. So, I mean, I could be completely wrong, but uh, who knows? He, he he might make a brilliant choice. But yeah, Tom Hanks probably. He
1: also played uh, um, uh, Walt Disney in yes. uh, Saving Mr. Banks, That's so true. he is he is very versatile at playing icons. So, yeah. he, I think he'd definitely be uh, in the mix there somewhere.
0: Absolutely, he'll be at the at the top there. And if he turns it down, it'll be someone else. I mean, maybe even uh. Bill Murray could be a good choice, but I know he's very selective with his work.
1: Nah, Bill Murray's way too old now. Is he? Yeah, and even though like Tom Hanks is way too old as well. They'd still be able to, to, to age him down.
0: <laughs> but they can't age they can't age Bill Murray down. Nah, 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 nah. nah. Okay, <laughs> got it, got it. Um, although Tom Hanks does look brilliant for his age, I must admit.
1: Um, I was um on the, on the weekend. I was at my mom and dad's, and they had on uh, Terminal on in the background. Yes. And that film was, uh, I think, it was two thousand and four, two thousand and five. Sounds right. But yeah, he he was so young looking there, like in that the, the last you know sixteen years. It's kind of like he's gone, to, he's become an older older man. So
0: very, yeah. very. Yeah, I know. It's it's sad, isn't it? So um, and uh, Stanley
1: Tucci's in the film as well. Is he? Uh, and he,
0: uh, just get him and Mark Strong, confused.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's an easy easy mistake to make. <laughs> <laughs> but he uh, looks pretty much the same as he does now, and uh, also Zoe Saldana is is in there as well. And this is, uh, I think, um, Avatar was two thousand and eight, mm. so this was like four years before she really broke big with uh, with Avatar. Yes. So, yeah, a very interesting movie about a guy who is stuck in an airport because while he was flying to New York, war break out, broke out in his home country and then his home country is no longer recognised. So because his home country is no longer recognised, he doesn't have a passport or anything like that. And then you've got Stanley Tucci is the guy who's like running the airport and he kind of like... What's this guy just living here like? Yeah, uh, and he can't go into America, and he, he can't go home. He's just stuck there. So very, uh, yeah, very interesting movie. Um, but uh, yeah, Tom Hanks is a brilliant actor, and I think he could play anything.
0: He yeah. really could. Even Stanley Tucci could could. I don't think he's got the the physique to pull off um, pull off Jim Henson. No, but um, the nor the hair. <laughs> <laughs> That's what wigs are for. You're listening to Unscripted, the film show.
1: John, John, I uh, uh, watched. Oh, what did you watch? uh, I I watched this uh, TV show on Prime, uh, which is called Frank of Ireland. Frank of Ireland. Yeah, and uh, it is um, a story about uh, uh, a 32-year-old Frank is newly single and lives at home with his mother, a self-proclaimed musician with a tedious hold on re- Sorry, not tedious, tenuous <laughs> hold on reality. His loyal best friend, Doofus, has a full-time job of cleaning up the debris left in his wake. Now, so it sounds okay. It sounds so- okay. But then you look at the cast. Oh. And uh, in the cast, there is a, a, a young man called Brian Gleason. Uh, yep. And then there's also another young man called Dominal Gleason. Ah. And you may notice that uh, they've both got the same last name and they've both got the, the same father. Yes. So uh, it's. Some really good actors in this uh, in this uh, TV show. Um, it's just silly, stupid stuff because uh, Brian plays Frank and Domhnall plays Doofus, uh, and they're playing brothers. Uh, but it's really weird seeing you know Domhnall Gleeson is such a you know uh, a serious actor. Usually you know uh, you see him playing like you know uh, imperial officer mm. or a first order officer in Star Wars, and uh, you saw him playing the neighbor in uh, Peter Rabbit. Um, but uh, in this, he's like playing a bit of a dumb character. So it's kind of cool to see uh, a, a different uh, side of him. Uh, and, and Brian Gleeson, I haven't really seen a lot of him, but he looks so much like his dad.
0: I was just about to say, I've just bought up the IMDb for this and I was like, wow, he does look a lot like his father, uh, which is interesting. Oh, he does. And even there's a, there's a picture of him without his beard mm. and wow, he looks like his dad.
1: Yeah. And if you uh, if you watch the series uh, to the end, there might be another Gleason who pops up. Ooh, so. Very cool.
0: Is it written and um, written by the the Gleasons, or do they just star in it? I'm just trying to find. It looks really funny though. Uh, let's have a look. I might check this one out. Frank of Ireland. Do you know what? I think I just let my uh, Prime Video uh, subscription lapse, which I'm a little bit disappointed about. Um, You know, it's so hard picking the ones that you want, but I do find that Prime has a lot of good stuff Mm. on it. It's only
1: like six episodes as Mm. well. It was like uh, we'd finished it and I was like, what? Well, that's it.
0: I want more. Yeah. I want more. Uh, speaking of more, uh, Marvel's Shang-Chi. Uh, and it's got a, a bit more to the title there, hasn't it?
1: Uh, yeah, uh, Marvel's uh, uh, Shang-Chi and the Ten Rings.
0: Ten Rings. Uh, is well, The official trailer is out now. Oh, too. so
1: Legend of the Ten Rings. Sorry. Ooh, Legend.
0: Legend off. Uh, so we might take a listen. Uh, I don't know if this has got any subtitles in, uh, but let's have a little listen and we'll come back.
1: your life
0: you see me rise And where did that get you Wow. So it wasn't a dialogue-heavy uh, trailer. So I think if you were listening to that, you might want to go and have an actual look at it because it looks quite fun. I have no idea what this is about, but I've just noticed it's got Aquafina in it and oh, the main character looks very familiar to me.
1: Have you watched um, Kim's Convenience?
0: I have. It's him, isn't it? Yes. I do love Kim's Convenience. I think it's a fantastic series. I think the latest one got released uh, on Netflix not long ago. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I'm really looking forward to this. But um, quickly before we talk about this, um, Alan did write in to let us know what he uh, would recommend, but he hasn't started watching it yet. But uh, Vincent Zou, I think, is how you pronounce it uh, on Netflix looks really good uh, a Korean born mafia lawyer flees to Seoul when things get dangerous in Italy he soon finds himself embroiled in a struggle with a ruthless corporation but Vincenzo is ready to fight them in both the courtroom and the streets so that sounds pretty cool thanks for, uh, thanks for that Alan I am looking forward to checking that one out I might po- uh, come back next week with a verdict on it so always looking for something new to watch so fantastic thank you uh but yes Shang-Chi I'm just gonna call it by that
1: yep it looks it looks awesome um it was it's was filmed in Sydney, Ooh. so uh, keep an eye out for when we when we finally get to see it. Keep an eye out for uh, some uh, Sydney. Uh, um, I, I don't think it's set in Sydney; I just think it's filmed there. <laughs> uh, but uh, no, it looks uh, it looks really really good. Um, and yeah, Aquafina's in it. Love of work. Um, it was um, the the guy who's playing um, Shang Chi is uh, Simu Yulu. Yes, um, who is from uh, Kim's Convenience? Ronnie Cheng's in there as well.
0: Ah. Ronnie Cheng. He yeah. was he's also in Kim Kim's Convenience. Does he is play he? the dad? No, wait. Ronnie Cheng. No, Ronnie
1: Cheng is a comedian.
0: Oh yeah. yes, sorry, my bad.
1: Yeah. Uh yeah, so it's a, it's looking kinda cool. And the thing that's really interesting is that it's the ten rings now mm-hmm. the ten rings is a reference to the mandarin and they've been in in the marvel Cinematic universe iron man was the first time that ten rings were referenced right. and then iron man three you had the mandarin played by ben kingsley who turned out to be trevor slattery an actor portraying the mandarin who goes to jail and and then gets abducted by agents of the real Mandarin. So I think in this film we might finally get to meet <laughs> the real Mandarin.
0: Really? Mm. Ooh, that will um, please a lot of people, won't it? Yes,
1: yes. Uh, finally, like, tying up those loose ends.
0: Excellent. Um, I. This is what I think I'm going to get behind. It, it looks fun just from watching, uh, watching that trailer there and, uh, yeah, seeing a... Uh, interesting looking film
1: so and it's good to see a bit a bit more diversity coming into the marvel cinematic universe as well
0: they're doing that really well. I think Marvel's really leading the way in that because I feel like with every film, it just it's more and more diverse. Mm. You know, really strong female leads, people from all over the world starring in them. So I think they're really, you know, it, it is fantastic to see. And I know that I'm not a huge fan; I don't watch a lot of the films, but I, I do pick up on those things and notice those things. So uh, that's really good. Another film that's actually quite diverse is uh, *Mortal Kombat*. The cast was incredibly. There was actors from Japan, uh, Indonesia, Britain, Australia, the US. I, I could go on with mm-hmm. the with the list of diversity in this film, which was awesome, but it was shot here in Adelaide, not here, yeah. but in Adelaide, uh, which I thought was really cool too. It's nice to see Australia becoming a bit more of a hub for filmmaking, so uh, great stuff. Now, I guess you and I probably both have very different uh memories of Mortal Kombat. I think, you know, we're a little bit – yeah, I I think because we're not the same age, I think that it has expanded a little Mm -hmm. bit more. So you might have got to see a little bit more of an earlier version of um, Mortal Kombat when it hit. The Did you ever play it in an arcade or were you on PlayStation or –
1: uh, no I did yeah I did play it in arcades I was terrible at games so I would I'd be like you yeah, know they'd love me in arcades because I'd just be plugging in Plugin the quarters the or <laughs> playing in the 20 senses and stuff like that um, and then just getting my, my butt handed to me yes. um but no I did I used to play it and, uh, yeah, I'd never got the, the like, combinations down and, yeah. and all that sort of thing. Oh, so I if I was playing against anyone, they'd just whip me, So yeah. which was um, uh, not good. But I did – I enjoyed the game and I um, – uh, like, the, the movies, uh, they were stupid uh, in the past and they were, like, you know, uh, um, having Raiden uh, being played by Christopher Lambert and stuff like that, it was all, like, uh, very – uh yeah, re- weird having uh, you know him playing a, an Asian character. Mm. So, um, but yeah, I was I was bang up for for watching you know Mortal Kombat the the, the new version of it. Um, interested to because with Mortal Kombat they are trying to get him to the place where the fights happen and there's a tournament and there's all that kind of stuff. And I was wondering like, are they going to do that again in this film because they've mm-hmm. done it in other films and it's a you know it's kind of like. Is it played out? Um, so it was kind of uh, an interesting story in this one because it wasn't so much um, having the the Mortal Kombat tournament as much as uh, the people from the other world. Is it other world or out world? Out world. Oh, uh,
0: it? it's the I do have it out uh, uh, Yeah, the out world. Yeah. Yes.
1: So the the people from the out world are trying to take out the Earth champions mm-hmm. so they can't win Mortal Kombat because if the Outworld people win the next tournament, then they will be able to take over the Earth. I think yes. that's that's the, the idea. Um, and so you've got the, uh, the, the uh, champions of the uh, Earth realm. Uh, so you've got... Uh, uh, Cole Young, played by Louis Tan. And he's an interesting character because he hasn't existed in the Mortal Kombat world, um, but he is a descendant of one of the Mortal Kombat characters. (laughs) Um, And so that was interesting because during the the movie I was kind of like sitting there going, is he going to become this character I think he's going to (laughs) become? And uh, you'll have to see the movie to find out. Uh, You've also got Sonya Blade who... The the champions are, are are you know the champions because they've got a uh, marking on them. They're the Mortal Kombat symbol, mm-hmm. and so if they got that, then they're a, then they're a champion. But Sonya uh, is not a uh, one of the champion people. So uh, yeah, it'd be interesting what happens with her. You got uh, Josh Lawson who plays Kano. Uh, you've got Bill uh, so Joe Tas- uh, Taslam, who plays Sub Zero. Uh, now, this one, I was sitting there just... When I first saw this actor, I was going, I know that guy. Where do I know him from? Who is this guy? Uh, and he, it's a guy who plays Jax. And Jax is a, a big, buff, black guy. And uh, I was just looking at this actor um, and... It, it took me a, a while but then I went that's James Olsen or Jimmy Olsen from the Supergirl series ah. but in Supergirl he's tall and he's muscular mm-hmm. but he's about half the size he is in this movie. Jeez. Like he has just hit the gym yeah. and pounded the weights like no tomorrow because he was massive. Wow.
0: Um,
1: so he plays Jax and Jax has got a particular look to him uh, if you've played the game. And, uh, yeah, so you'll, you'll, you'll find out uh, when you watch the film. Um, then you've got, uh, you you know, got Lord Raiden uh, is in there as well, uh, played by uh, Tan- Tanobu Asano and... Uh, um, and then you got the guy who plays. Uh, no, I can't say that name. It'll give it away. Uh, but yeah, a lot of like all the characters you kind of like used to. Most of the characters are there. Ka- you know, Kung Lao's there. Luke Kang's there. Uh, Molina's there. Um, so you got a lot of the the um, characters from the game, but not. All of them because mm-hmm. they're, they're clearly they're they're thinking that the sequels could be coming for this this uh franchise and then chances are they will i mean they've done fran- sequels to previous ones that's it um but yeah i i kind of like this uh the way that it works with having the earth versus the Outworld, uh and it's yeah good it gives you a clear good guy bad guy kind of things in there um there's a, a big boss that you'll you'll see in the movie that's fairly familiar to anyone who, who knows Mortal Kombat as well. Um, but yeah, I was like I was pleasantly surprised by how good this film was. I mean, it's still essentially a B grade film, but it was enjoyable. It was like yeah, you know, action, it was schlock, it was um, you know, it gave you it gave you what you wanted.
0: Yeah, I felt like they didn't try and cram too much into this film with too many characters and, you know, too many uh, realms trying to kind of come together and fight. But, you know, and I don't know a lot of, about Mortal Kombat, I've played Mortal Kombat. I, you know, I have very fond memories playing Mortal Kombat. It's you know, you essentially pick a a character, and your your competition picks one, and they they fight against each other. And each character has a bit of a power move or something that they're really known mm. for. And um, you know, so you'd pick the the characters with the really cool things, and yeah. But I've always and played then they
1: it. Do, then they do the fatalities,
0: exactly. And, and
1: then they added in a uh, babyalities at one point, oh. where it turned them into babies. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> And I I just remember I never played it at an arcade before but I always played it on, you know, PlayStation, things like that. So it's really evolved and it's such a hit. It was uh, a really iconic one and I think that it's interesting. Game-like films or games don't always translate to film that well. Mm, mm. Uh, We've seen it before. I actually think this does work. I quite enjoyed it. I was really delighted with the selection of characters. Uh, I think people who... Uh, fans will enjoy this but people who don't know a lot about it like myself will still find the story really easy Mm. to follow and still really enjoy it it was violent in parts but you know that is mortal Kombat, so you know you've got to expect that
1: and it was uh, 18 plus so it was
0: yeah we we got we got some r-rated r18 action in that that uh some real bloody bloody scene and it was so. all to
1: do with violence and swearing there was, was there was
0: no sex in this no sex yeah i suppose when you say r-rated you've got to be careful <laughs> to specify so um yeah look I, I i quite liked it i thought it was uh, really well paced mm-hmm. too it got into the like the action straight away there was no dilly dallying around it was straight there and you know you kind of yeah you knew what you were getting yourself in for when they, you were watching this
1: they did give you like a real um probably a 10, 15 minute action sequence at the very top of the mm-hmm. film. Uh and then they get into the, the story of introducing the characters and um yeah, it's but there is a lot of action in the in the film. It's not a very not a very long film, uh by, by any stretch, it's an hour and fifty minutes long. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, I, I was, you know, really impressed by uh i think josh Law- lawson really impressed me the, the most because yeah. when i realized it was him in the movie and i realized that when he came down to front of the stage i was like oh it's that dude from like you know <laughs> long guy. story short um <laughs> uh, yeah i was just uh i was very surprised that um you know how how good he was mm-hmm. and Uh, Yeah, I could see him doing more of these kind of action-y kind of roles as well.
0: He clearly had a lot of fun with this role, I think. Yeah. Uh, Which is, I think as an actor, you're always going to want to have fun with the role. It seemed like they gave him a lot of freedom maybe as well. But, uh, you know, we mentioned at the top of the show how much we enjoyed, you know, getting to hear from Josh Lawson and uh, Simon McQuaid, the director of the film prior to. And one of the questions that was put forth was, you know, how do you – make a film like this mm. and they were basically saying that you've just got to amp it up it was like you've got to take it and you've got to you've got to amp it because mm. Mm. Y- yeah you can either, you could probably fall flat with this type of film if there's not enough violence and, and action but I think it, it it's well balanced so people will enjoy it and they, they were pretty tight lipped on whether there was going to be a sequel or not but I think you're right, there's bound to be and uh,
1: As long as it makes enough money, I mean that's yeah. at the end of the day that's what it comes down to is if, if a makes money they'll make a sequel if it does make money then they won't
0: absolutely and i did come across uh, a small piece of information that uh, mortal kombat's sub-zero actor joe taslin reveals and i don't know if he was supposed to reveal this or not but it's out there now in the world Uh, he signed a five movie contract that includes multiple sequels Mm. if this reboot is successful Uh, so we shall see if it is it opens tonight so uh, i think next week we'll be able to yeah See if, see if it's mm. uh, been, been good. But uh, there's been a couple of Mortal Kombat films that I can see. There was one in 1995 called Mortal Kombat and a sequel called Mortal Kombat Annihilation released in 1997. I can't recall seeing either of those. I do know the, the front cover. I used to work at a video, short, <laughs> video store and I do remember seeing them sitting there. So, yeah, I might uh, get my hands on those and just uh, have a look. Yeah, I did quite enjoy this one. It felt there was a '90s edge to it. Did you? Did it feel a bit '90s to you at yeah, points? Yes, I,
1: I think so. Because I mean, your you know, the the movie uh, is you know So the, the game is very '90s. Yeah. So yeah, it does have that kind of kind of feel to it. Um, so yeah, it's uh it was. I think it's very hard to get away from it, to be honest yeah. with you.
0: Although a part of me wishes they did really hone into the 90s then, make it make it in the 90s, like set it in the 90s. Oh, set
1: it in the 90s.
0: Yeah. I mean, it clearly was and it was set in modern times, mm, but mm. you could easily, yeah. I mean, just like Wonder Woman, um, you know 1987 was set in in the 80s Mm. so you could do it but i guess it's a aesthetic choice maybe the the director did not want to go down that uh but i think he's done a, a great job regardless filmed in adelaide huge budget uh great acting diverse cast so.
1: it's really cool that you got like you know films like Mortal Kombat being filmed in Adelaide, yeah. And you got Marvel movies being filmed over in Sydney, so cool. It's uh, it's it's, it's pretty awesome. And now we're actually getting a, a studio built here in Perth as well mm-hmm. in Fremantle. So uh, who knows what, what big film is going to be uh, filmed here in WA? So yeah,
0: it's it's really exciting for the film industry because we are there's so much you can do in Australia, lots of scenery, uh, lots of great actors. We've got some really prestigious acting schools mm. here too. So, you know, being able to keep those actors closer to home uh, too is nice as opposed to them having to try and break out in, in Hollywood, which is where it's traditionally been uh, for for most of the time.
1: Sorry. I mean, you think about like Chris Hemsworth, they're filming <laughs> Thor Love and Thunder over in uh, Sydney at the moment and it's like, he's home. Like, you know, he doesn't need to go to uh, America to, to, to film it. He's already, he's already here. So yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of cool
0: it is yeah. really cool so and it's great that producers will see the benefit in doing that as well i think james wan has been really uh, influential in doing that you know he was of course um the creator of saw which was filmed in australia mm-hmm. australian film and he's since become incredibly prolific and i think a lot of his films that he signed on to do have been filmed mm-hmm. uh, in australia i know aquaman was mm-hmm. and and you know plenty since so it's nice that he uh, I mean he's not the only reason these films are being filmed here but uh, you know as a producer I think he's probably got a large say in mm. in that so that's really wonderful well
1: you think about the New Zealand film industry and mm-hmm. like uh, because of uh, Peter Jackson how how big that's become
0: absolutely so I
1: guess you do need to have those those kind of people who champion uh the the industry and and so yeah it's good that uh, James Wan's out there doing it for us
0: yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely fantastic. Uh, we have a, still have a little bit of time uh, before the – we haven't actually scored Model Combat, have we?
1: No, Ooh. no, we haven't.
0: This is an interesting one for me because I really enjoyed the film but I, I think you've got a really good point when you say it's, it's a B-grade kind of film.
1: Yeah, uh, I mean it's it, for the audience that uh, is going to enjoy it, uh, and, I, and I, I reckon like if you're, uh, the, if you liked, um Godzilla versus Kong, yeah, um, you know, if you if you like the Marvel films, mm. then you know this is probably going to be something that you you'll, you'll enjoy. So um, for Mortal Kombat, I am going to give it um, three and a half. Get over here!
0: Oh, I love it! I am going to score this. You know, I actually feel like I'm going to give this a four, which is Ooh. strange because I don't usually yeah. tend to sway this way with these types of films. But I'm going to give this a four, uh, four flames, just flames. Four
1: flames. Four yeah.
0: flames. Yeah. Flames. Fireball. Fire, well, yeah, probably should. Fireball <laughs> is probably the, the correct
1: term. Actually the um uh, did you did you get around to watching Mythic Quest on Apple T V?
0: No, I didn't. Didn't
1: um, Mythic Quest is going getting a second season and they've put up a special episode on Apple T V. Um ah. Where it's kind of like because they did a their first season and then they did a special uh, like COVID uh, isolation episode mm-hmm. and now they've done a uh, an episode which is a special between seasons uh, and it's ab- about the uh, like this special. Day of Light kind of thing that they do where they have these LARP tournaments. Do you know what LARP is? I do know what yeah. LARP Actually,
0: I don't know
1: why I know that, but I do. <laughs> yeah, so, so LARP is live action role play. Yes. And so they do these LARP tournaments and then like there's a champion at the end of it. It's, it's, all very, it's all very good fun and very funny. So if you do like Mythic Quest and you want more Mythic Quest, then I would go to Apple TV and check that out.
0: Very good. Uh, well, we are fast approaching the end of unscripted the film show for another week. But uh, if you do like what you heard, uh, want to hear more, want to hear about past mm-hmm. films that we've reviewed, we've got a whole library of films that you can go back and listen about. So, um, uh, popculture dot com is the website you'll find unscripted the film show. Tangent City. Mm-hmm. Down under. And you
1: can you can download it on your podcast app of choice. Uh, okay. I recommend uh, the the one on my iPhone because ah. that's what I have. Um, yeah,
0: and if you subscribe, they just automatically bing up every week. They. Well. Yeah.
1: They do. They, they just do. drop on you. And they you go, I've well, got another one. i am got to listen to it.
0: <laughs> when will I find the time? <laughs> well, you know, you can listen to them when you're driving, at work. You can be like that guy who didn't show up to work for 15 years. Exactly. You can stay at home for 15 years and listen to us. You go for a walk. Go for, go for a 15-year walk. 15-year walk. Uh, but yeah, no, uh, great content out there from us. Um, <laughs> you know, well, I, I shouldn't be too pretentious, but you know. It's pretty we, darn good, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's all right. We've, we've covered some some topics over the years and some films Mm. so you know we've been doing it for a while so there's there's lots out there
1: and we do uh have Diz down under as well which is a disney based show that i do with my wife cat uh and we've also got uh, um tangent city where uh cecilia rachel cat myself uh sit down with a topic on pop culture and then uh, it just gets tangenty from there
0: it does. It yeah. really does. So you might listen for a bit and then leave if you're not interested. But no, <laughs> no, stay on board because we always circle back. Uh, but we will be back next week with um, even more to talk well, about. Well, you'll
1: be back next week. I, oh, I, that's gotta, right. I've got a work thing next week. Th- so that's all right. Yeah.
0: I'll be back. I've got plenty to talk about. Uh, Rachel may be here. I'm sure she'll be here. If not... It'll be me. (laughs) And I've got plenty to talk about. So lots of films coming out, including Land, which is the uh, directorial debut from Robin Wright, who also stars in the film as a woman who decides that she doesn't like people anymore and wants to move to a cabin in the mountains. It's not a horror. It seemed like a horror when I said a cabin in the mountains. It's a uh, drama. But uh, she discovers it's not quite as easy as she thought Mm -hmm. it would be to live out in the wilderness. But uh, more about that next week. Sounds good. Bye. Bye. This podcast has been brought to you by the gentlemen of pop culture.